0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Setting the Scene. My name is Michael, and I'll be the host of today's podcast. This is our 42nd episode. We're nearing number 50, and this is the sixth sixth episode in our series, Guest Spotlights. We've had a couple of these, some pretty interesting stories we've had to hear. And in this one, we will be joined by Suhas, one of the co-founders at the pre-med scene. We had him earlier on one of our really, um, really old uh, episodes around a little over a year ago, I think with the other co-founders. But here we are to talk about specifically his journey so far, being in his senior year. Um, he has some plans around the corner. I won't take too much of the thunder. I won't spoil it all, but um, that's what today's episode is gonna be about. So just before we get started and dive into a few questions, Suhas, could you introduce yourself to the the, the audience?
1: Of course, Michael. So um, thank you for your work here. The theme and the podcast has been a great program and we're really excited for the future for the program. So, um, hi everyone, my name is Suhas. I'm a senior here at Texas a University in College Station, Texas. I am majoring in biology, double-minoring in business and public health and doing a biomedical research. So, my curriculum and my coursework I've done to our college have been really encompassing all the different intersections that have a different ways of healthcare whether it's the scientific aspect, the business aspect and the public health aspect and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, and I'm one of the co-founders here Prima thing that like Michael mentioned.
0: Yeah, you have a busy schedule in your hands. Um, You mentioned a few extracurriculars there, and, and I wanted to go through those extracurriculars um, talking about them. I, I, before we actually go into the specifics about them, I just want to maybe have an overview of how they all tie in. So for you, do you feel like there's a central theme to all of your activities? Is there one thing that you look for in all of your activities whenever you're you're adding you know, one on or, or whenever you're brought forward with an opportunity? Um, do you think that they tie into one central theme?
1: Absolutely. The one central theme I feel that focuses on improving access to care and resources to the population. A big thing I'm passionate about is increasing more healthcare access and allowing for people to have a more resources at their disposal because information is key. In today's day and age, especially with the technology that is out there and how powerful Google is and the new advent of AI, there's so many ways to bring even more care to the population. And that's a lot of what I look at. I'm trying to be very careful on the new things I join in and not put too much on my plate at the same time. And I really try to look at things that have a big impact on what I can do.
0: Absolutely, it is tempting for a lot of um... Okay. Early pre-meds for sure to, to fill your plate with a lot to do, but you have a, a good variety of activities on campus and outside of campus, the pre-med scene being one of them. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners know a little about the pre-med scene. Could you walk us through the other activities that you're involved in? You have a couple leadership positions over there on and off campus, like I said.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, yes, I'm one of the, one of the three co-founders of the pre-med scene. Um, I've been um here for about three years, we've had the pre thing now, for founding coming into about two years, 10 months, which is a pretty long journey and been an amazing journey. Um, so I recently took over a role of a project manager for a, business, um, for a healthcare startup at the, out of the nursing school. I used to work for academic affairs for the school of nursing, but I did, um, I left it. So I could take on a more bigger, more encompassing role and help make a lot of decisions that help increase care for the population. My job focuses on analyzing business and strategic relationships and how we can increase maternal healthcare to allow the rural population, especially being here in Texas. There's a lot of rural areas. And a big part of it is my new job it is increasing access to the rural healthcare and maternal health. And one of the biggest developments we're working on is launching an app, launching and launching an AI database. So um, family can have resources where they can look up near be gyn how to take care of certain conditions, and also have resources where they can watch videos from different leading practitioners across the country. In addition to this role, I'm also a cardiology research fellow chief, and Methodist at the Medical Center in Houston. Here I've had published one paper and I'm working on two other publications. Um, my first one is focused on a medical condition and my other two that I'm working on are focused on, again, increasing access to cardiovascular care across the country, especially Texas and the rural part of Texas. Um, I'm also a student leader for the REACH Project, a nonprofit here in the blind competition area where my college campus is hosted. And here I'm a budget coach and I also lead a home ownership program where we teach essential Aggie employees such as janitorial staff, uh, food service employees, and how to get into real estate and housing and get them out of the renting cycle and get into down payment and actually work on building equity and housing. A couple other stuff I do, I'm also a research assistant at the cardiovascular Baptist school of Medicine. We we're investing on a NASA-based study to detect of microgravity on the eye vessels. And I'm also the president of the business of healthcare organization at Texas A&M called Mate Healthcare Alliance. we really focus on the kind of topic which we'll talk later about today and the business of healthcare aspects. And I would say that's a good summary of my main things I do on a, a day-to-day
0: basis. Yeah, definitely some great variety over there. Speaking of which, I mean, that variety comes with a lot of programs, schools, um, organizations that you're you're working with, right? And to follow that that same line of thought, that's a lot of networking involved. I'm, I'm sure just reaching that point where you actually hear about these opportunities, um, you make yourself qualified enough for these opportunities, and you know how to work your, your way around them. So being now in your senior year, I'm sure that you've had a lot of experiences with that. Talk us through that networking, how you've been able to get more involved with these um, activities on and off-campus.
1: I mean, I would say a lot of things um, are in play. One of the biggest things in going to AM here, everyone has been so supportive. a and has a huge alumni network and a very passionate group of professors, faculty, and staff here, and they're ready to help be So that really did truly help me. But um, like you mentioned, my networking was really honestly the biggest thing that got me to where I am now. Like if I think about it, my most recent project manager job I got that because they offered me the job through seeing my work with the REACH project and MHA Who different things where I got from other networking and other aspects. And a lot of times sometimes it's just about you know looking at all the people that you're really line with interest, emailing them, sounding passionate, say why you're interested, why do you want to be part of it, and how you would be an asset to them and how they would be an asset to you and further sort of your education and sell yourself, you know, but, every like you might reach out to 10 20 people and one or two might get back and so, and just have to hope for one or two opportunities and take that whatever you can get and make the most out of it
0: 100% being a premed is all about really making the most out of what you have there's so many people out there right that you don't necessarily get like the largest portion of opportunities or or at least you know end up um end up actually being offered them yourself but like you said, it's definitely a mutual exchange. And before any of these activities happened, there had to be, you know, a start to it, a reason why you actually went on to, to invest your time, invest your uh, work on these. For you, what was that, what was that reason? Why are you interested with both how medicine and, and business intersect?
1: Um, a lot of factors. Um, I think mostly though my personal life experience would say so combination of I was born with um, a congenital heart disease and, um, and I had to get healthcare in a really urban, you know, high-end academia setting. So I saw how that urban healthcare was. My father had been a rural physician for 25 plus years and seeing him practice rural medicine in a very small town where he the only physician and compare that to my urban healthcare for my heart surgery that I've had um, in my past. And then compare that to the suburban lifestyle that I live, you know, a nice decent suburban mm-hmm. lifestyle. So seeing how the healthcare is for traditional suburban life and comparing that to the way to urban healthcare is and rural healthcare and seeing all of the differences that exist and, and trying to find out why one gets so much more research than others, how can we bring some advantages of one to the other and all that stuff I was say some of the biggest aspects that got me so interested in all this the combination of medicine, business, public health and the intersection of it.
0: And you don't just limit that to your extracurriculars you also integrate that into your coursework right Um, you're actually pursuing that with your degree right you said it was a business minor is that correct or double double mining in business and public health okay yeah well um, definitely some coursework uh, to get up to that minor have you seen overlap in what you've learned from your courses and has that carried over to your extracurriculars has that opened up gateways to even more networking
1: absolutely like one of the classes I'm taking this semester, is, um, it's called Epidemiology, and that's all about trying to increase access to healthcare and find out reasons why some healthcare not being here and why do we have so much more here. And a lot of that ties into it. And then my other coursework, which are on like biology of viruses in my science classes, and then combined that with classes like marketing in my business minor. And putting all this together really gives you a perspective a very more well-rounded and holistic perspective and seeing it from one aspect, which is what I really love about my course with. Another class I'm taking um, called strategic philanthropy, which is a really cool class limited to a senior level student and I main business school at AM, where students get $100,000 to spend it and donate to nonprofit throughout the blind call area and teaching you how to like use money responsibly, how to like find out what needs it more and what needs it little and how to distribute all of that stuff. Which you normally wouldn't think much about medicine, but then you also think where does the money come that pays for healthcare and insurance comes and all that stuff. This is little small stuff you can do now and to help make a big difference later on. So right now in the class, about 30 kids, um, 30 um kids really interested in the in business throughout AM. And we all work together on figuring out which nonprofit should get this hundred thousand dollars and how to distribute it all, and give me a real world practical experience. There's real love and uh, it somehow I still find very applicable to what I want to do, even though I am a student.
0: That is really nice to hear. That networking right there at a and it's special. They have a special A&M culture. A&M <laughs> yeah, Aggies have a special culture for sure. And then speaking of the future, so in the next year, are you planning on applying? Are you planning on taking a gap year? And if you're planning on taking a gap year, how are you planning on spending it?
1: Yeah, so I'm planning on taking a gap year and planning. I'm planning on doing an um, MS in medical sciences. The reason being is I, do, I don't plan on immediately going straight directly to the full scope of medical school. I would like to also run business education along with the medicine. So by doing this MS in medical science and take a lot of the coursework alongside first year medical students, and give me that emotion and see what kind of coursework it is like, get more um, exposure to anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, and all key components of the medical school education, that way I can hopefully down the road, apply to the medical school and do, and do a degree, and then be still relevant in the medical curriculum and not feel be too be behind or deal with it at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely understandable. A lot of people are taking gap years, you know, the, this in this era of pre-med, um, at least. It's definitely been that that shift, um, me included. And and we've had also April on the podcast. Um, she just took a gap year. She'll be going to medical school this June or July. So um, definitely a trend. And then speaking of, you know, even farther into the future, 15, 20 years, when you're a full-fledged physician, um, where do you hope to be? Where, where do you see yourself 15 to 20 years from now?
1: I know it's such a long time. I can't imagine it's you just almost, you know, it's a little bit less than how long I've lived so far, but it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how long a journey, but I feel like it's going to be a really valuable journey and I'm really excited for it. My goal, 15, 20 years, um, I want to be a practicing physician first and foremost. I feel like you can you can make the best decision when you're actually in front of patients, um, best decision for them and for the community at large. So I want to first and foremost be a practicing physician, but then take that medical knowledge and hopefully combine it with business knowledge and help make better decisions for the whole community and populations as a whole, and maybe turn my county or my city and then who knows going statewide, countrywide and make decisions and make a lot of policy decisions that can help uh, increase access to all these cares. And maybe create startups or company down the road that has a lot of healthcare resources. That would be something I'd love to do.
0: That sounds great. Business really has a couple sides to it. I'm sure in medicine, especially. There's there's private practice, there's entrepreneurship with startups, like you've said. The pre-med scene is kind of your 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 start to startup.
1: Right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, getting a head start on that. Um, and then there's you know, in being in the in the public health sphere, um, you know, in, in the same positions that deputy officers for counties are, um, secretaries of health are of those, you know, three major categories. I'm sure there's a couple more. And if there is, you know, feel free to, um, pitch in with that, but out of those sides of medicine or sides of business in medicine, I should say, right. Entrepreneurship, private practice, and going with public health, where would you find your, your niche?
1: Honestly, I would love to do a combination of both, but then there's still so much time, but I would love to ideally start out in something like private practice and then use that start give me to be a physician and take then hopefully both startups and such around it. But public health also great. We have to go. I know um, we used to have here in the prima scene, and one of our big conference, we had the Secretary of Health, Dr. Amir Shah, i speak first, who used to be the also commissioner for Harris County Public Health and lead all the medical directives and he was an MD and PhD degree. And he did a lot of big decision-making and something like that also would be really impactful way to go. So let's see how it goes. But I do love and I'm really passionate about this whole startup route. I would say a lot, I feel like there's so much potential in there, especially with the way technology is now. Um, you know, like you said, the premium things the nonprofit popular. We have also started, and now I'm a project manager for a te- healthcare technology startup outside, out of the A&M, a and nursing school itself. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Startups are really special and the pre-med scene is a leading example of that. Speaking of which, the pre-med scene has had a couple of programs over the three years it, it, it's been um, established, right? There was virtual shadowing, um, there was the journal club, there was mentorship. There were a couple of programs that still continue, um, the research competition and, and a few more. The podcast is one too, how could I forget? But <laughs> um, for you, when where when did you come to the realization that you could actually make those ideas into, you know, actual real tangible um, realities, right? A lot of students, I'm sure listening to this probably had an idea or two at least that they would have loved to apply, but either they don't feel like they have the time, the the resources or, or the manpower to, to actually put that into place. What point or, or what what time, right, um, along this whole timeline of making the pre-med scene or even before that, did you realize that that's actually a reality for you
1: i mean honestly there's a lot of luck into it um two of my friends and i the other two co-founders we wanted to start a blog and just you know blog simple not too time consuming a lot of people do and you could kind of talk a little bit about medicine and other aspects of healthcare. care but then when the pandemic hit we found ourselves we had a lot more free time on our hands and then so we started the blog for sure and we started working on it and we're like we'd love to do so much more especially like we're like we don't have any shadowing opportunity all the hospitals close by are closed a lot of them the competition that we have pretending and go to in college are closed so we were like what could we do to help get us some more resources and then out of that we're like this we're able to get us have more resources. we can also get others and the global communities they home more resources so that's how we started the be scene, you know with the, a lot of the courses moving online a lot of the schedules become more flexible and we had a lot more time on the hand. The beginning, we were working seven, eight hours a day-ish, setting up the non-profit, getting things running and going. And uh, now that would not be feasible anymore. But thankfully, we have such a wonderful team here, like yourself, Michael. And we have a wonderful team, which makes things a lot more easier. And a lot of things that... Of the reason we are able to have it now is because we put a lot of work and effort in the beginning. And we have come it down to such a big amount of efficiency and delegation that has allowed... the to be successful in making sure each different program have different respective leaders and each leader have intern that report to them to the directors and the director know what to expect of them and what to accomplish from their goals and also have goals for the future and how to approach that as well and that is what I love we've done here and I'm, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished
0: yeah it is a great learning curve definitely one that there's a lot to take away from another thing that I'm sure you all have learned you know yourself and, and the other two co-founders is working with people right? when you're approaching interviews, and I'm sure you all have had quite a few interviews for the team um, and, and even just outside of interviews, like evaluating things, like for the research competition. Um, I'm sure there's been a, other, a couple of cases too outside of that. What are some key things that you found that that you seek out in a team member that maybe someone listening to this can take away from and apply to themselves, improve for themselves and present themselves even better to um you know an application on an Absolutely. Application. there's so
1: many factors we look at so one big thing we look at diversity of experiences we want to see people that have uh, people students have done a lot in, um throughout and we want to see like they're not you know if you're really focused on one thing that's great you do good in that that's amazing but it's also good to see what's all around you as well as well as being great in whatever um you choose to do and want to do it's really important we also look at a lot of work ethic. Work ethic the big part. You can be the smartest person, but still, you don't have the work ethic, still end up not going as far as you could have gone if you have a much bigger work ethic. I'm definitely not that smartest person, um, in anywhere near that. You know, but I feel like I build my work, I mm-hmm. to where I've been able to compensate for that and still be able to um make out okay. And to and we we do look at so I said the main thing we look at is the diversity of experiences and uh, work ethic because even if you. Even if you don't have that amount of experiences, if you have a great work ethic, you you can go places and be really successful. And that, so that's probably the two biggest key to HR team. We've been interviewed um, probably over the last three years, probably at least 60, 70 interviews at minimum. And we've spoken to many, many professionals in the field and all kinds, from physician to nurses, to non healthcare related, to people on the business side, to administrators, and faculty and staff in universities and all different levels of experiences. So the nonprofit really did give me a chance to get to speak um, with a lot of students from all over the country, many even out to the country, we've had interns out to the country, but also leaders in healthcare who are also who are making moves and how to be an approach to life, like how they have done.
0: Absolutely. Work ethic really does, does get you far. I mean, you start out with the base being, you know, how much you have just to begin with, without work ethic, but um, work ethic really does make a difference in the end and we're going to need it some time sooner or later right when you yeah. go to the MCAT when you're going through medical school people oh, yeah. people can't you know brute force through all of that so work ethic does definitely make the difference just one yeah. more question um, to wrap things up for the the podcast I know that you've had a lot of and especially with the diversity of extracurriculars that you've had you've had a lot of people I'm sure that you've worked with a lot of skill sets come with that right like one thing that stood out to me is you mentioned how y'all are developing an app um, by AI. And I'm sure that comes with some coding, um, some software engineering, et cetera. Are there any particular skill sets that, you know, maybe someone else on, on one of your teams that you work with has that you'd love to incorporate into your own um, skill set?
1: Um, I feel like with the way technology is coding had been a big deal. And I've seen mm-hmm. that so projects I'm involved with. I lead an app development team of 10 engineering students and engineers, and um, I do not understand the coding at all any bit, but I, but I can understand how to market and business and manage it. And I see that a lot um, in what I do the reach project, where I do there, but then also when my new project manager role over at the healthcare startup out of the school of nursing, I see, I connected the, the startup with a capstone course of a group of four or five engineering students when there is working on developing the AI driven app. And that's something again I can connect. I can um do all the stuff and see how to market it and take it to the next level. But again, the coding stuff that I do not understand at all. I would, the one trade I would say I would love to do it um to get more involved with coding and learn more about coding, especially with how much shift there is in technology. I feel like just knowing the basis of coding would be extremely valuable. And that is something that maybe in the future, I will see and uh, do, but That is one thing
0: I would say. A hundred percent. Maybe your gap year will give you some time, some extra time for that. We'll see. But I really do appreciate you taking some time to join us on the podcast. It was really nice to hear your experiences. Like I said, from the very start, a diversity of experiences, and it comes with definitely a lot of uh, insight for sure that I'm sure it was, first of all, nice for me to hear. And and I'm sure the, the audience could say the same. So again, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Michael.
0: Of course. Just some last things um, to those listening, if this is one of your first episodes that you've uh, caught us for, we do have episodes published on biweekly basis. So every other Friday, um, we have episodes published on series like this, like guest spotlights and others. If you'd like to browse through, we've had a couple previous episodes on other series, quite a few other series now, um, starting with uh, financial management. Um, We had a few on dual degrees and there's more uh, that will come soon guest spotlights will be one that we're going to be concentrating on for the next few episodes. Um, But we hope you enjoyed this one and we look forward to seeing you in the next. Take care.